right, all right, all right. Day 321. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, and this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. All right. Psalm chapter eight, right? Psalm chapter eight is one of my favorite Psalms, and we're going to get into why. So just a quick thought before we start. Listen, every single culture in the history of mankind has asked this question. What is man? Who is mankind? And just as important, how do we know? And I'm sure if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably asked the same question, right? How do I understand who I am in this world? And I think Psalm 8 has the best answer for us, right? Psalm 8 is a hymn of praise by by King David, and it is one of the most quoted Psalms in the New Testament, right? And so he starts off and says this, Lord our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth. You have covered the heavens with your majesty. Stop right there. Now, the the phrase, Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth is in verse one and in verse nine, right? So the theme of the Psalm is seen at the beginning and the end, right? It encapsulates the entire Psalm and the theme. And so what David is doing here he is saying Yahweh he calls him by his personal covenantal name that was revealed in the Exodus and he says you are our Lord you are our Adonai you are our master our king right and his name and his majesty he says yo is seen throughout everywhere right throughout every single place in the earth we can see your name and your majesty and your glory and the interesting thing here is that In David's world, in the ancient Near East, the cultural background of the Old Testament, deities or gods were usually relegated to a specific plot of land in a geographical location. And so what David is saying is this, yo, yo, Yahweh, that ain't you, right? The God of Israel, the God of the Bible is the God of the whole earth. Everything you have made reveals and points back to you and your beauty and your essence and your magnificence. Listen, all things created reveal God, right? Even the people who deny him by their works and their words, they can't even do that without revealing who God is, right? The fact that they have speech testifies to a God that created them that speaks, right? And out of all the things you've created, David is going to say, seen and unseen, intelligible and unintelligible, far and near. He says, yo, how is it? Help me understand. How is it that you attend to look after and care for us? Right. He contrasts the vastness of creation and the smallness and seemingly insignificance of man. He says, what is a human being that you remember him? Right. What is a human being that you remember him and that you look after him? And what he is doing is, is he's doing this. He's he's um, looking back to Genesis chapter one and Genesis chapter two, where man is made in God's image as the crown jewel and pinnacle of all that God has made. Thus, what the Bible is trying to tell us and this psalm is trying to tell us is that man is the most glorious being in the universe that is not God himself. 
right? And the problem is, listen, the problem with man is that we take that statement and rearrange it, right? We rearrange it to say that man is God himself. If not with our words, we do it with our works, right? But that is not what the Bible says, right? And the Bible is trying to tell us in this Psalm, listen, the best way to know who we are is to know who he is, right? The best way to know who we are is to know who he is, right? And that goes back to my question at the top of the podcast. And he says, yo, he says, yo, man, like you made him little less than God, man. That's that's different, right? And crown him with glory and honor. And you made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet. Notice the kingly imagery he uses to describe mankind, right? He says, yo, you crowned him. Then he says, yo, you made him a ruler, right? Over the work, not of his own hands, but of your hands. In other words, listen, this is what God created man for. He created man as his vice regents on earth. What that means is he created human beings to exercise his king. God's created human beings to exercise his kingly rule on earth itself, right? And you know what happens in Genesis 3. Man rebels, right? Man rebels against God. And we see the effects of this to the present day. Man didn't properly exercise God's rule and dominion and stewardship over all that he created. In fact, you know what happened? They let a creature have dominion over them when he should have had, when they should have had dominion over him. Right. The serpent deceived them and thus they obeyed a creature rather than the creator. And so what happens in the fall? The image of God is marred. Right. Sin enters the world. Death enters the world. And thus, instead of ruling God's earth and exercising his kingship and dominion over all he's made, you know what we do? We seek to exercise our own kingship and seek to rule over and have dominion over each other. Right. Instead of creation in the earth and culture and so what does god do right the new testament is going to pick this psalm up and you know what it says it says yo this song is talking about man but it's ultimately talking about the ultimate man and his name is jesus jesus is the perfect human who comes into this world god's one and only son and it says that jesus is the true and perfect man he comes and he lives out what God intended for man to live out from the beginning, but failed to do. He lived in right relationship to his father. He never obeyed any creature or created thing over the one who created all things. He rightly stewarded and completed every single task God gave to him. In short, we can say that the last Adam accomplishes and fulfills with the first Adam failed to God's son comes to die a death he did not deserve in order to secure the exalted immortal status that has been reserved for us since the beginning of creation and now by virtue of Jesus's resurrection all things are under his feet right and upon his resurrection and glorification he sits at the right hand of the father as the true and exalted human being the king of kings that man could never be in and of himself listen our glory 
and a right understanding of ourselves comes from seeing ourselves as subject to God, not above God or even equal with God, right? This enables us to be who we truly are by way of acknowledging who he actually is, our creator, and we see in Jesus, our redeemer. Let's pray. Father, we pray that uh, these words will seek and seep into our hearts. Help us to obey and understand that we can only know 